So good evening. Uh, my name is Kevin. This is Kelly. Our last name is Mines. It looks like Mains, but it's Mines. Um, we're excited to be here with you guys tonight. We've been praying for you guys even before tonight. We've been praying for you guys and I'm um, just happy and excited to be here. We've been married 16 years and you'll see a picture of our family there. We have three kiddos, Tanner, Avery, and Luke. And so that's the, the clan there. And like any picture, right? Family picture kind of looks nice and maybe staged and Everything is right with the world, but it's only by the grace of God that we're up here tonight and, and able to, to share with you guys our story. So we don't know what you're coming in here with tonight. Uh, we realize that, you know, there's probably a certain amount of darkness and hurt in your marriages and even your lives. And so we were there. We walked through these doors nine years ago and um, in need of hope, I think, more than anything else. And so our hope and our prayer is that you find that, that you find that hope, um, so we have a special place in our heart for this ministry and, and what God is doing through it. So we're excited to be here tonight. And I always hated it when people would stand up on a stage and read to me, but that's what I'm going to do. Um, so it'd be better if I just stick to the script. All right, so I grew up in a large family as the fourth of five children and a very loving and healthy home. We weren't without our problems and stressors and were far from perfect, but my parents did a great job of always putting faith and family first. Growing up, I would call our home a religious home, which led me to believe in a very works-based type of relationship with God. For me, personally, it led to an exhausting cycle of practicing my faith by going through the motions, messing up with all sorts of sin, and then repenting and starting over again. The cycle continued through college and even graduate school and was marked by unhealthy relationships and really living just solely for myself. Then in 1999, God had really started working on my heart. And I think that was about the time where that happened. Um, I began to question what I believed, why I believed it. I started meeting with some good friends of mine in a Bible study and started noticing a difference in them and how they were really kind of walking the walk instead of just talking the talk. And so God was in the process then of changing my heart and calling me really into a deeper and more personal relationship with him. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you all for having us here tonight. So I too will read. Um, I grew up uh, the youngest in a family of four with my parents divorcing when I was three years old due to my father being unfaithful after 22 years of marriage. I always said I grew up in a Christian home, but I really didn't quite understand what that truly meant at the time. My mom and I would go to church occasionally, uh, but that was about it. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12, but I didn't grasp what that actually meant until I was in college. College was a great time of growing in my faith and living out what being a believer looks like. I was surrounded by women of faith and it became clear to me how much I loved learning who Christ is. I attended a Baptist church in Lubbock and was plugged into their student ministry. It was an incredible time of growth in my life. I lived at home after college, started an internship, and quickly got connected into a women's Bible study at another church here in town. This was a very sweet time of life, learning who I was, how I grew up, and my family dynamics, and living out my beliefs in a very worldly city. So Kelly and I met in, at work in 1999, and as I got to know her, I knew there was something different about her, and I was intrigued. On our very first date, we prayed together, and this was something that was very new to me, but I liked it. We got engaged eight months later um, and then married in 2001. We were both believers when we got married, but I had no idea what it meant to be a godly husband and certainly did not know how to love and to lead her well. So early in our marriage, we went through a fairly typical cycle. 
We had a lot of fun together. We bought our first home. Uh, we had a lot of great friends we'd hang out with. Uh, we helped start a new church and serve there regularly. And then we began having children. And so I would have said at the time that we got along really well. We didn't fight uh, much at all. And I thought at the time we had a pretty healthy marriage. So as Kevin mentioned, we did meet at work, and my first perception was that he was a nice guy, he made me laugh, but his beliefs weren't aligned quite with mine, so that was that. We worked together for about six months before we had our first date, which I didn't call it that at the time. Uh, That night out, we talked about life, what we liked, and our families, and it was a great date, a lot of fun. Over time, I realized that he was a believer, learning to pursue Christ, and that he was seeking what that relationship looked like, as he mentioned, by meeting with some of the guys um, that he had grown up with that were believers in a Bible study. We started hanging out more, had a ton of fun together, and it quickly went from liking this guy to loving him, something I had never experienced in a dating relationship prior. The cliche was, it truly did feel different. While we dated and through our engagement and even early on in marriage, we didn't have any fights or disagreements per se, but we also never talked about anything of true importance, like our struggles, our fears, or our expectations. I didn't know the first thing about what he had issues or struggles with, and I was very naive. We set no boundaries at all within our marriage, and I was extremely passive when it came to how I felt about things. Over time, things did get stale, I guess you could say, but I just thought it was because we were busy, we had young kids, we both worked full time, and that was just how life was. Never once did I think we should talk about any of this, which is ridiculous. Uh, we We just went through the motions, isolated, and did our own thing. Kevin was not a horrible husband by any means, uh, we, had, we had lost our second child through a stillbirth, and it actually brought us very close together. And as time marched ahead, though, we got stuck in a rut and had a very hard time connecting. So about seven years into the marriage, as Kelly mentioned, we kind of got stuck into that rut with a daily grind, and some of it might resonate with you guys. But it looked like this. We'd wake up early, get the kids ready for daycare, drop them off at daycare. Each of us would go to work. Uh, At the end of the day, we'd pick the kids up, eat dinner. One of us would clean up the kitchen while the other one bathed the kids, get them ready and down for bed. And by that time, we were exhausted and would usually go to bed disconnected, only to wake up and do it all over again. And so we had our share of fun times and good memories, but that cycle would continue until about the end of 2007. I probably would have said at the time that my relationship with God was okay, but in hindsight, I was incredibly distant from him. So much so that I did not see the storm that was up ahead. So around that same time, I had begun a relationship with a gal at work, and the two of us started working out together in the mornings. This quickly developed into a deeper emotional connection, and I found myself becoming more and more excited about both pursuing and being pursued by another woman. As this connection grew deeper, I remember naively thinking that nothing could or would ever happen because I was married and so was she. After a few months, it did become physical. Physical affair lasted a few more months and ended shortly before I left work to return to school in May of 2008. I remember thinking that I would leave that secret behind and do my best to just move on. I wrestled for several months with what to do with this sin I had committed and was hiding from Kelly. It made me physically and emotionally ill, yet I continued to hide it from her. I wanted to tell her, but was afraid that I would lose her and our children. It all came crashing down one evening with a phone call. Kelly received a call that night from the husband of the gal with whom I had the affair. He had just found out about the affair and called Kelly to tell her everything that he knew. 
I wasn't home at the time, but Kelly quickly called me and told me about the news she had just heard. I then went home scared to death of the uncertainty that awaited me. So things got much, much worse before they even got just a little bit better. And although I didn't mention divorce to Kevin, I was not present emotionally or spiritually and even physically in our marriage. I dealt with trying to do it all on my own and I isolated big time. I wasn't home much. I didn't care to be home much. I drank too much to numb anything and everything I was feeling and spent time with other people who were definitely not spurring me on in a healthy way. I was angry and sad, yet I wanted desperately to forgive him. I just didn't know what that looked like. I struggled with worldly emotions, yet wanted to be a good wife and a good mother. I could not shake the fact that this had happened to me, to us, and I was deeply hurt. We had started re-engage at another church, but I wasn't ready and it, was, it wasn't very authentic. No one knew our story and we never felt compelled to discuss it. The following March, after disclosure in July, we came to re-engage here at Watermark. And it was at that point that I felt that this is where the Lord wanted us. People were standing up, sharing their stories of redemption and reconciliation, and as I was overwhelmed with what I was hearing. I wanted that more than anything. As we dug in, things start, were starting to improve. We had a lot to continue to work through, and although things weren't always great, re-engage allowed us to be ourselves and share in a safe environment, which we had never done before. Also, it was through this process that Kevin began digging into God's word daily. I saw him change by what the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. He started leading us well, leading the kids well, and became more involved at home. This all allowed me to let down my guard and truly learn to trust him again. My thought process began changing, and it didn't happen overnight as much as I wanted it to. Things were still hard, and I was far from perfect, but as things began changing on his end, things on my end started changing as well. Again, it took me a very long time to work through my sin and emotions on my end, I had to change how my relationships looked and I needed to dig deeper and get into the word more and want to be invested in my marriage again. I learned what drawing the circle truly meant. I had to also take ownership of our mess and figure out all over again how the Lord wanted me to be in our marriage and what my role of a wife was, which I had never really learned. Through the heartache of all that had happened, Kevin's dad passed away and my mom passed away within 15 months of each other, all in this time frame. This too was a huge part of still dealing with pain. And to add this on top of everything else we were doing, it was really a difficult season. I had to trust his ultimate plan. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So over the course of time, as we continued to work on our marriage, God completely changed my heart and changed our marriage. It was a long and difficult road, but I remember our pastor at the time sharing a verse with us that sort of became our anthem, Romans 8, 28, reminded me that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So I've had to work through a lot of shame and guilt associated with my unfaithfulness. Even now, if I let myself dwell on the past, I can get caught up in a, some of that negative thinking and shame and the guilt will resurface. But most importantly now in my life, I've made Christ the most important thing. I love the lyrics to a popular Christian song that says, I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. I've become a more fully devoted follower of Christ, and that has trickled down and affected every other part of my life. In particular, my marriage has changed. I realize now what it means to be a godly husband and how to lead Kelly well. I realize now how fortunate I am to have a godly wife who loves me 
and who was and is committed to our wedding vows. No longer are we living in isolation. I have a group of guys around me asking me those tough questions and holding me to a higher standard. I've learned how to lead our kids better. Kelly and I spend time intentionally connecting with each other. We enjoy each other. We make time for date night and actively pursue each other. Ecclesiastes 9.9 now rings true in our marriage. Our marriage is now better than ever, spiritually, emotionally, and yes, even physically. So I go on to say uh, from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Our marriage is now in a place that I truly never thought possible. I wanted that as I stepped into that room and was seeking what that looked like. And I wanted it then, like, like I wanted to snap my fingers and for it to be here. But um, thankfully, through time, it's gotten there. I would without a doubt marry Kevin all over again, even knowing what I know now. But please hear me say, you do not need to have an affair to experience God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness in your life. I wouldn't wish that pain or our story on anyone, but there is absolutely no doubt that this changed our trajectory forever. Our kids' lives will forever be changed as well because of the, what the Lord is doing in each of our lives and our marriage currently. Whatever painful circumstances you may be in, let the Lord grab a hold of your heart. Let him change you from within. Gary Thomas writes in his book, Sacred Influence, a good marriage doesn't happen by accident and a good marriage isn't maintained by accident. Both are the work of the Holy Spirit and the foundation of Jesus and his unchangeable truth in the life of two sinners who are married. Amen. So everybody loves a story, right? From when we were young, we loved to hear stories. Even now, we're drawn to stories, especially true ones. We love movies that are based on a true story, especially if there's a happy ending. You often hear people saying, have you heard their story? For the longest time, I did not want my story to be one of infidelity and brokenness. It took me a while, but I realized later that that was not our story. Our story is one of redemption and healing, and it tells what God can do in your life and in your marriage if you just let him. That's the story. So we don't know your story. We don't know what you're going through right now, but we do know that if you choose to let God into your life and into your marriage, he can completely redeem it and take it to a place you never thought possible. I know it sounds cliche, and you hear it up here a lot every Wednesday, but it's true. God is still very much in the business of changing lives and changing marriages. And so that can be your story. So I think what I would want you to walk away with tonight is to truly believe that Christ knows what you're going through. He understands your pain, he knows your heart, and he won't let you go. In Isaiah 40, it says, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. There's a song that was released not long ago called Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. And it struck me as I listened to the words that it's exactly how I felt when all of this was happening in our marriage. I'm just gonna read you a few of the words from the song. You're shattered like you've never been before, the life you knew and a thousand pieces on the floor. And words fall short in times like these when this world drives you to your knees. You think you're never gonna get back to the you you used to be. 
Tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away. Step into the light of grace. Yesterday's a closing door. You don't live there anymore. Say goodbye to where you've been and tell your heart to beat again. I know many of you feel like he's given up on you or your spouse, but I promise you that he hasn't. The people in this room and in your small groups are for you and for you and your spouse. There is no mistake why you're here tonight. Dig in, pray, be authentic, and tell your story. I promise that you will not be disappointed. And so we thought we'd end with this. Uh, This is a picture of our three kiddos. And, you know, when I think back on it now, when the storm hit our marriage, we had a choice to make, right? Uh, I had a choice. Kelly had a choice. We both chose to stay. We both chose to be all in. Uh, None of us chose to leave. And so we then realized two, two things had to happen, really. One, we had to make that choice and, and be willing and committed to stay. Two, we had to, to be open to allow God to work in our lives and put forth the work on our end to make it better. And so I look back at this picture, and I just it reminds me of, of what would have been had we listened to the world or had we listened to even several of the counselors that we talked to who would have said, Hey, this is this is the unforgivable sin. This is this is a, a grounds for divorce. You guys should divorce. Um, had we listened to that advice, so one, our our youngest son Luke, right there, who's an absolute joy uh, to our lives and to our family, he would not be born. He wouldn't be here um, had we not made that choice. Our other two kids, our older ones, would be in a broken home, and I don't know what their lives would be like right now. They'd they'd uh, be growing up as, as uh, kids in a broken home. And so again, we keep saying this, but we're not, we're not sure your situation. It may be similar to ours. The circumstances may be different. Um, but we know that if you make the decision to stay and, and allow God to work in your lives and be willing to, to put forth the work, uh, he can completely redeem it and restore it. So thanks for listening.